You're listening to the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast, where we bring you interviews with some of the top ropers in the country, news about what's going on in the fastest sport on dirt, training tips for you and your horses, and so much more. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. Okay, I have a really special episode planned for you guys. Okay, I have a really special episode for you guys today. I had the chance to do a little check-in from the Pro Rodeo Trail with Larry D. Guy. Yes, the nine-time world champion, two-time NFBR qualifier, 2021 inductee into the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame, 2020 inductee into the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame, that Larry D. Guy. She just won Red Bluff, California, so I had the chance to call her and see what's going on on the road out there. She talks about her traveling partners, the different setups, different cattle, and she has some really good tips for you girls that might be wanting to get into pro rodeo, but you don't really know where to start or you're scared you won't know people when you get out there. Also, I cannot wait to tell you guys about one of my favorite supplements, Equinity, at the commercial break. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I know you're tired of hearing me talk, so let's jump right in. Hey, Larry D., what you, what you up to today? Well, we're at um, the Branco's house in Couchella, California, just waiting for the purse to kick back up at Clovis, California. Awesome. So I see you just won Red Bluff. Congratulations. Tell me a little bit about that rodeo. Man, Red Bluff is a fun rodeo. Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the stock contractor brought some bigger calves um, over there. We roped actually the same calves at Oakdale that we roped at Red Bluff, or we roped the same ones at Red Bluff that we roped at Oakdale. We went there first. But they're a bigger, you know, bigger set of calves, and the box is pretty long. I think it's about a 20-foot box, so you had to let those calves out and go run them down. And it's... Uh, Makes it makes for a fun roping. Makes for a really fun roping. Awesome. So yeah, that's what I wanted to get into today a little bit. Um, just talking about. I mean, you're someone that's roped in every pretty much setup in the world as far as breakaway roping goes, and I feel like some places are so unique and so different. So, just talk to me a little bit about kind of the different regions. We'll start with America. Um, how are those different cattle in different places and different setups? How does that affect your game plan? Well, you know, a lot of people would say California is set up for me because I usually ride, you know, fast horses at score. And, you know, the calves out here are a little bigger type of calves that are pretty long strided. And you have to run the calf down. You have to have a horse that will run to the calf and, and give you a good shot. And, you know, average time out here, I would say, is, you know, above probably 2.6. You know, there was people people still placing an average with, you know, maybe a 3.5 maybe a on one and then maybe a 5.5 five on one. So you dang sure get to run them out in the middle of the arena for sure. Then up in the northwest, uh, talk to me a little bit about those setups and those cattle. Well, the summer, you know, we'll rope the same calves at a lot of places. It depends on where all, you know, where all you're going. Um, but the calves get a little older later in the, you know, later in the year. And the um, the setups are a lot the same, you know, in the Northwest. When when you go out for the summer, you know, it's, you don't get to just really nod 
nod right and, and throw. There, there's a couple places that you go like that, but majority of the places that you go during the summer, you get to go, you know, score. you need to score really well and use what you have, but it's um, you don't have to just nod right and throw. That's, that's usually at the winter rodeos where, you know, where the times get a lot faster. So, yeah, roping somewhere like, you know, Cowtown Coliseum in, in Fort Worth, how do you prepare yourself mentally for that kind of a setup versus, say, California? Because Northside's a lot faster. Yeah, Northside a, is a lot faster. I think, you know, Martha Angelone's probably been 1.4 over there, maybe Sawyer, Gilbert, a couple of those girls. Um, You know, it's just the, the thing about the setups is, you know, what people need to understand is, if a rodeo is set up to be fast, then it's that means it's easy to be fast. If it's set up to not be fast, then it's really hard to be fast. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where when I come to California, you know, and prepare to come out here, I uh, lengthen my box a little bit at my house, and I run a good set of calves, but a little bigger set of calves, and I make sure that my horse stands there at least, you know, where when the gates open ahead, head around the end of the gate, comes through the gate before I ever take off. And I rope, you know, I rope outside a lot. I have an indoor arena, but I rope outside to just, you know, kind of get in the wide open arena and prepare like that. If I'm at north side, I'll move my box up, you know, to 14 foot and narrow it up to about nine foot wide and I rope some calves that dang sure want to want to run a little bit, and I, you know, I, I I work on the timing. I work on when I nod, the gates open, when the calf goes, I go, and I take one swing, second swing, I'm roping on. You know, I'm I work on timing more than than going and and running a calf down and roping on. Do you ask your horses to stop differently in those faster setups versus those longer setups, or do you ride any you know, the same through your stops? Well, it's kind of funny you say that as um, Jackie Crawford and I were visiting this morning about um, that exact thing. And, you know, I, I want my horse stopping on a quicker setup. When I throw my rope and then pulling my slack back, I want my horse stopping on a quicker setup. Um, I'm not I, I'm not one of those younger girls that can take take some abuse and stuff so I don't like my horse to stop when I throw my rope I like them to at least let me pull my slack and get down in my saddle you know um out here in California I dang sure want my horse to go all the way through my throw let me pull my slack and when I'm throwing my slack back toward the calf is when I want my horse to stop out here reason being as I said the calves are bigger you know, the heads are bigger. They're longer strided. I think I need more, you know, I need my horse traveling more through my throw out here to make sure my rope covers the area that it needs to cover. That makes a lot of sense. As far as, you know, some girls don't know the cattle when they go places. They don't know a lot about the setup. Can you just talk through when you get to a place, if you don't know anything about the barrier, the setup, the cattle, what do you do? Like, what are the steps that you take to get prepared for your run and find out that information? I go find the local people. Um, you know, I have friends in all different regions, and, you know, uh, I, I try to find out who the stock contractor is. I try to find out, you know, if any of my friends have been, you know, to a rodeo 
in that area before. I, I go try to gain all the information I can gain. I go find the, the judges. A lot of the PRCA judges are the same judges and, you know, in a lot of different rodeos. And so you kind of get to know them and I go and find them and ask them what the barrier is set at. It's, it's not hard. You can go to the rodeo office and talk to the secretary and, and ask, you know, who the, who the stock contractor is, you know, you know, where you can find the judges, like all that kind of stuff. I just do my, I just do my homework and do my research and, that way I'm prepared because once you rodeo for so long and you know what type of calf you're roping, when you find out the type of calf it is and you find out the start is a two under start and you're roping in a pre shoot or a WW shoot, then you know, you know what that feel is. You know what that start is. So it doesn't matter really if you're first or last. If, you, if you've done your homework and got the information, then the start is the start. That makes sense. My my old college coach used to tell us, um, I think it was the Betty Gale Cooper that said you had to have it like a computer system where you just got to the, the setup and you had it in your bank, your computer system, uh, what you needed to do. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Exactly right. So if somebody walks up to just a pen of calves that they don't know, and maybe they're new, maybe a lot of people don't know information, what physical characteristics do you look for to maybe get some hints on what a calf might do you know how they're you know how much ear they have on them you know are they pretty pot bellied or are they made you know pretty lean and long underneath first thing i walk up i look if it's a heifer or not a lot of times to me the heifers are are wilder and and run more you know i like to have a little bull calf they they always seem you know to be better if, if, if a calf's hanging his head a little bit, he might not feel as good. You know, the, if he's slick, you know, his hair's really slick. Or if he's got a little dead hair on him. And it's just like walking, you know, walking up and you, you saw kind of a, a, a guy that might not look as athletic. And, you know, might might not be in the best shape in the world. And then you walk up and you see, you know, a, a track star standing there. Well, then... You know, it's pretty good odds that you're looking at the guy that's all fit and and ready to go that you know he's going to run a lot faster than the one next to him. That makes sense. You know, do you go and pull the barrier back, or how do you figure out the barrier on your own at a rodeo? Yes. I, I mean, I can do that, but it's usually pretty simple if you find, you know, a judge that set the barrier and just ask them what it's set at. And, you know, if it's two under, a lot of the outside rodeos are at two under. Once you start getting inside, it'll be three or four under. That means that, you know, you set it, you know, three or four foot under the length of the box. So if a box is 16 foot, then, you know, if you say four under, you know, then that that is set at 12. If you, if you say it's two under, it's at 14. So the, the more under that it is, the faster the start. The less under that it is, or up to even, if it was, if they say it's even, 16-foot box, 16-foot score, then that means that you're going to have to let them out a pretty good ways. Very seldom do we ever get under a four-under, but a four-under is a very quick start, depending on the calf. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're running just a calf that's dang sure been ran before and knows how to go through the gates and all that, a four-under start is very fast. So what are some of the more unique setups that you've seen at rodeos we went to we got to go to salinas where you 
come out of the head side of the box, and I think it was uh, maybe a 25, 30-foot start. And, you know, you have to let the calf out a long ways, and then you have to get behind the calf from the head side. That's a, you know, that was a very cool setup. Cheyenne's always a really fun setup. It's a hand-pulled barrier, and you have to score the calves. Most of ours aren't fresh. Ours are, you know, have been run. I think they put our start out there at 20 foot, and you have to let the calves out a long ways, and then a guy pulls the barrier. It's a hand, it's a hand-pulled barrier, so that's a, that's a neat setup. You know, I've traveled out of the country, and uh, we went to Sweden, and did a demonstration over there in a clinic and stuff. And the cool thing about that is, well, I don't know if you call it cool, because over there it's so controlled, they won't let them rope live animals. So we roped uh, dummies pulled behind four-wheelers. And that was uh, that was pretty unique. That would probably be the most unique thing I've ever done. That's crazy. Did, was there crowds there, or was it just kind oh, of a man, private? Oh, uh, there was a huge crowd there. I mean, there was a, it's like a big horse show. They do all kinds of events over there, but you know, in the breakaway, I mean, yeah, there was a huge, um, crowd and you backed in a box and you nod. And when you nod, the four wheeler takes off and you have to let the, you know, you had to let the dummy get to a certain point before you could go. And you really, when you hear that four-wheeler take off, you think, man, that thing is really fixing to take off. But it takes it a minute, you know, to get rolling. So, but when you hear that motor, you know, rev up, like, you're like, wow, I need to get going. But once uh, once it takes off, I mean, you can rope it really quick. But if you let it get wound up, you'll be running in a while because those four-wheelers can run so fast, you know. Hey, guys. So this episode is brought to you by the great folks over at Equinity. Equinity is one of my favorite companies, and I use the products for my breakaway horses. Uh, Equinity Horse XL is 100% pure amino acid supplement. There's nothing added that your horse doesn't need. It can help improve their muscles. It can help them recover faster after workouts. It helps improve collagen so your horse can have healthier coat and bones. And it maximizes your performance because it helps cells regenerate at a faster rate. That means fast recovery for those fast twitch muscles that you need to explode out of the box and stop hard at the end of a run. They also have Equinity Ultimate OEC, and I love this supplement. I didn't think Equinity could get any better until I started using it. It has flaxseed-based omega-3 oil, natural vitamin E, and colloidal silver. It can help support your horse's cardiovascular health, their joint health, gastric health, and it increases their immune support. So if you're traveling up and down the road a lot, that's something that's super important for your horse. Visit teamequinity.com to learn more about these supplements and see how you can get some for yourself. So with all these different setups and, you know, you roping around the world, how do you think that breakaway ropers can diversify themselves to be able to compete in all these different kind of arenas? I just think you got to get seasoned. I think you need to get in, you know, if you're a young breakaway roper and I needed to give you advice, it would be to go get in with a seasoned roper, whether it's a calf roper or breakaway roper get in with them and learn, learn, learn from them, you know, go, go to the different setups, you know, you can't, you can't grow in a black hole, so you got to get out of your comfort zone and, and go to entering and get out there and put yourself out there in those situations, and, you know, the only way to get better is, to, you know, get in those situations and figure out what you need to do better next time, so I, I would say get with a veteran and get out there and 
get to going. Speaking of traveling with veterans, uh, let's talk about the truck full of ropers you guys have on the California run. <laughs> Who's all out there? We have Kelsey Domer, Kelsey Chase Domer. We have Hope Thompson. We have Jackie Crawford and myself. We have two kids. We have a dog. And we have uh, Cheyenne Britton, a young girl that ropes really good. She'd come out here to help us corral everything, the kids, the dogs, and, and the four head of horses that we have. So it's uh, we got a we got a pretty pretty good rig and and the and the, the great thing about it is we've been out here a couple weeks and we're all still friends. <laughs> so that's that's a good thing because when you get we, we have a we have a motor home. It's it's a toter home, so it's pretty big. But when you when you put five girls, two kids, and a dog in a confined area for two or three weeks, um, that's a lot. So, but we're all friends. We're all still friends. So that's a good thing. How do you guys kind of push each other when you're hauling together? And what are some things you do that you think makes a good hauling partner? You know, a good hauling partner is. It's, you know, you got to have, you got to have someone or, you know, everyone in the rig needs to be encouraging. I mean, not, not everywhere you go, is, you know, are you going to win? And, you know, the people that don't win, you don't want to ever let them get down in your rig. You know, the ones that are winning, you know, keep the, keep the ones that haven't won, you know, maybe at a couple rodeos, keep them, keep building them up, you know, and there might be someone that doesn't, you know, th this week. Um, you know, one of the greatest ropers ever. I mean, Jackie Crawford is, she placed at a jackpot out here, but not the rodeos. You don't ever let those people get down because you know how good, you know, and how great they rope. You keep encouraging them. You know, I've, I've had a good go out here and, you know, Kelsey is doing great here at uh, Clovis. This is our last one before we go home. Hope's doing great out here and Hope hasn't had the best go of it, but it, as long as you keep, you know, encouraging each other and helping each other and, you know, looking at each other's videos and giving advice, then, you know, the, the whole rig's going to end up winning, you know, some way or another. And that's, that's the main thing. Like, you don't want to have anything toxic in your rig. Like, you just, you know, you want to have everybody, everybody in there out for everybody. You know, when we get up in the mornings, you know, whoever gets up first goes and feeds the horses. I mean, like, you'll come out here and your stalls are all, will already be clean because someone come outside and cleaned them, you know. Like, you just, uh, you help each other out and, you know, encourage each other and stay up there. And whether it's raining or not, you go up there and help, help your hauling partners. Well, you don't have to name names, but do you have any stories of maybe people you got in the rig with that weren't great hauling partners or ones that you've heard? Well, you, you have that. <laughs> and you'll have that actually even in a rig, you know, a rig that is your hauling partners. There's going to be a time that, especially with girls, I mean, girls are, you know, they, they're so emotional and, you know, they carry their feelings on their shoulders. And it's just, you're always going to have some kind of little, you know, little something, but you got to be able to overcome it and, and make sure. And, and if you're not, you're, you're not having, you know, a good go or you're not traveling well together, Talk it out and, and, and know that you need to separate. That way you're still friends in the end. But the one thing that I noticed so much, Rodeon, that I didn't notice before is, man, there's a lot of gossip, you know. And 
I just don't think that if I have any trouble with anybody in my rig, I don't want to go talk about it. I want to just talk to the person. You know, I want to I want to discuss it with them. And that way, that person doesn't get a bad route or I don't get a bad route, you know, out there. And I'm probably not the easiest person in the world to haul with. I, I mean, I feel that I do. <laughs> I feel that I am, but you, ne- you never know unless someone brings something to your attention. If I do something that I don't need to do, I want someone to tell me so I can make a change and make it better for the whole rig. It's a it's a team effort out here, and I just think that you know you gotta you gotta you gotta be a team and you gotta you know talk through it and get through it. I mean, there was it was uh, Hope Thompson and Kelsey Domer or yeah Kelsey Domer. We all were you know in a rig last year, and I mean there was times that. We went a couple of days with, you know, where we needed our space. But once you had your space and once you talked through it, then you know everything would be fine. And I mean, then then it's not a not a problem. You just don't make something small into something big out here. That's such good advice too, because I'm a barrel racer too, and breakaway roping is so much different than barrel racing because you really can't do it alone. I mean, I feel like you've got to establish those friendships and that camaraderie with other girls on the road, even if you're not hauling with them. Yeah, because, I mean, you're going to draw someone's same calf, and, you know, you need a video, you know, to see what the calf does. You might have to, you know, the the luxury we have that, you know, barrel racers don't is, like, we might be able to go somewhere and jump on someone else's horse and, you know, still compete at a top level. And you need to know that, you know, you, you're good enough friends with those people that, you know, hey, you can ride my horse here and, if you let me ride yours there, then I, you can ride mine over here. And, and and that's the kind of stuff that, as a team out here, man, it sure helps out. And, and I mean, we have rigs, you know, would team up, you know, with a different rig. And that way, if some other rig was somewhere and, and then we were somewhere, they could ride our horses and then we could ride theirs. And it just makes for a, a good year out here. And it's fun. It's a family, you know, it's it's like a big family out here. And, I mean, as long as everyone's getting along, it's it's, it's a very fun thing to do. I mean, rodeoing is really fun. I said, the only, the only trouble I have is I'm not a real lazy person. And when you have a lot of downtime, you know, so many times you can clean your stall and so many times you can clean your horse up. I mean, like you look for, you look for things to do out here. That's the only thing is I, I want to, I want to get better at finding more things to do while I'm out here uh, with the downtime. Where do you guys go next? What's your game plan looking like for this year so far? You know, the 4th is coming soon. I know it doesn't seem like it, but, I mean, it's just, you know, May May is just around the corner. And a lot of the rodeos are coming out, and there's there's several of us already trying to get a plan for what we're going to do at the end of June and, you know, through the 4th. You know, we get home, there's a couple Texas rodeos we're going to go to. And it's, it's really, once you get home, kind of getting, you know, getting all your stuff in order to get ready to leave for the summer because about – the middle of June, um, you leave and you're gone for a couple months. So it's just kind of getting everything in order, getting your place in order, and getting your rig. You want to, you know, you want to have make sure that you got, you know, your rig's ready to be gone for a couple months. So and your place is prepared for you to be gone. So it's just like getting home and getting everything ready to go rodeo for the summer. And then I noticed, too, when you talked about finding things to do on the road, that you guys have been putting on some clinics out there. Do you think that's something people can watch for this summer to maybe find you at some clinics? 
Absolutely. And we, we had a great clinic. We just did a rig. Um, we just did our whole rig. It was um, Hope and Kelsey and Jackie and I. Man, there was a lot of knowledge brought to that clinic. We did it in Oakdale, and I thought the, the people there gained so much from it because everybody has their own strengths, and, and we we all work together well. And, and I thought... I thought that was one of the best clinics that, you know, we have done. I, I, I really would like to incorporate Donnie Taylor. I mean, she's she's mine and Hope's mental game coach, and I'd love to bring her in when we when we're able to do some of these, just to you know help with that part of it. But man, the knowledge on the roping and and scoring and all that I thought was was major um, with us four. And you know, Kelsey's pregnant. So she's not going to be able to go all summer, but it may be Shelby Beaujolais or someone like that that gets in the rig with us. So I think we're going to we're going to dang sure try to do some stuff like that this summer when we have some downtime. Awesome. And Donine's up there in Wyoming, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And she anytime I do a clinic, um, she travels and um, and helps me, you know, Hope and I with the clinics that we do. And I think she's a major, major part of, of, of my clinics. Mm-hmm. You know, how important is that having a mental game coach when you're on the road and you maybe can't get home to practice and you're set up and, you know, you got to ride it out because you're entered in 10 more rodeos? And... Well, that is, it's so, so important. So many people have no idea how much the mental game plays, you know, in, in, in rodeo. It's just... Um, you, it's it's at least half. I mean, once you learn how to rope, you don't forget how to rope. Once you learn how to score, you don't forget how. There might be, you know, you might get in a, you know, in a small little thing that you have to work your way out of with the basics or something like that. But what I notice the most out here is, you know, you got to stay mentally strong and know that you you're out here for a reason and you know your job and you know what to do and you got to stay you got to you got to stay confident in in what you do and you know having someone that helps you helps you with that I feel it's major I mean there's times that you know last summer I got hurt I hurt my knee and then I got hurt in a in a different way and I missed a couple calves in a row over the fourth that I don't usually miss, and I was needing a, I was needing a little, little mental coaching, and you know, once I got it, I come back and I had a great, great fourth, and never got to go rope. It wasn't that I was, I was, I was hurt. I couldn't practice. I was just entering, but it was just you know helping me to get on the right track and have the confidence that I needed in myself to be able to compete. You know, I mean, I've competed and. I mean, I've competed for over 40, I don't know, I hate to even say it, but 44 years. I mean, I probably started my first place when I was six years old. So, you know, it's I've done this a long time. I just need to have confidence that I know my job. And, you know, having someone to help you with that, it's, it's major. And then since this is the breakaway breakdown, we got to talk about some technical things. So what is something that you've been working on in your roping technically right now while you're out in California? Straight basics in California. Um, like I said, the 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 calves are bigger, long strided. You know, you you got to run them down. You got to have a horse that's you know one that 
you know, can run to the cap and catch up and give you, a, you know, a good chance. And, you know, out here, there's you don't take a lot of chances. You just, you just do your job out here. So, you know, when I prepare to come out here, I, I prepare by knowing that I can sit there and see the start. If I tell myself this is the start, that I am confident I can sit there and see the start, that I can run my horse to the calf, look at the calf, and rope the calf. It's a, it's a straight, basic roping in California. And so that's, that's all that I have uh, prepared for and focused on. And, you know, and, and if you look at the people that have done well in California, that is all they've done. They've scored really well. They've run their horse to the calf and roped the calf. There hadn't been a lot of chances taken. And then what would you say is the best piece of breakaway roping advice that you've ever been given? You know, I would say the best advice is just believing in yourself and staying in your lane. You know, there's there's so many people that rope good, and you know, once you once you've established you as a roper and get out here, stay in your lane. You know, do you do your job? You know, so many people get out here and they see someone start winning, and then they start doubting, you know, doubting themselves or wanting to change and all that, and I just think that, you know, once you get out here and get that established, just stay in your lane and do your job, and, man, it will pay off. Well, Larry D., thank you so much for your time today. I know you've got a lot to get back to there, and it's pretty early in California, so I appreciate you taking the time to kind of check in with me and talk to me today. Thank you so much, Casey. I just love talking to Larry D. because every time I do, I feel like I learn something new. I thought it was really interesting how she mentioned that she had adjustable boxes in her house, which is something that Cadence Crawford mentioned on our last episode about the boxes at Jackie's. I hope you enjoyed having Larry D. check in from the Pro Rodeo Trail, and if it's something you're looking to get into, you're definitely going to want to check out TeamEquinity.com, because Equinity will keep your horses feeling their best when you're going up and down the road on those long drives and going in those long setups out west like Larry D. talked about today. If you want to learn more from Larry D, also make sure to check out BreakawayRoping.com because she's one of our coaches there. Make sure to let us know on Facebook or Instagram how you liked today's episode, and we will be back with some bonus content next week. 